1: Buddy, to the Total Soccer Show. My name is Taylor Rockwell and the U.S. Open Cup Final is only a day away. It's Orlando City of Major League Soccer hosting the Sacramento Republic of the USL. Later in the show, I'll be chatting with Todd Dunhamant, Sacramento's GM, about the club and their preparations for the final. But right now, I'm joined by USL President Jake Edwards to talk about Sacramento, the growth of the league in general, much, much more. Jake, thank you for being here today.
2: Hi, Taylor. My pleasure. Thanks for having
1: me on. Yeah, great to have you. Uh, I think this is uh, your return appearance for you, the first that we have chatted, uh, so I appreciate that. How many interviews have you done of late? Are there any questions that you are sick of talking about? Uh, I assume you've got a lot of Sacramento questions, but I'm going to ask you mine anyway.
2: No, I never get sick of talking about football, and this is uh, a very exciting time for the league. It's a huge week, massive game tomorrow night for the club and for the USL, so... Um, you know, never never could talk too much about this.
1: Well, let's stick with the US Open Cup final for a moment. In your mind, is the Republic making that uh, final an outlier or a statement of intent for the league? MLS teams don't seem like they've always taken it that seriously. Might we see USL clubs do the opposite and start really going for it every season?
2: Well, it's always been an important part of the, uh, the calendar uh, for USL teams. I mean, that's uh, the, the romance of the... Uh, cup is on full display this season, so it's always something that the USL teams uh, have enjoyed competing in and trying to get as far as they can uh, in the competition. Um, and of course, it's been a long time since you've had a non-MLS team in the final, um, but here we are, and, and the USL teams have have done extremely well this season. They've um, between Championship and and, uh, and and League One and League Two have, been, have knocked off about fourteen different um, higher division uh, teams and eight of those wins were against MLS teams this year. So it does speak to not just the fact that they are taking it very seriously and, but the quality uh, of, of the USL clubs uh, and how well they've performed this year.
1: I want to ask you about that quality and the rise thereof, but the obvious question, are you and Don Garber placing a wager on this one or has it been radio silence so far?
2: (laughs) I don't think he's a betting man. (laughs) no, (laughs) No, no, no wages I'm afraid of this
1: one I was just wondering like if one of you was going to have to take an MLS like a struggling MLS side or if you all weren't going to go that far with it but I, I guess for now uh, we'll just have to wait and see how that game plays out <laughs> but I did want to ask about sort of the the growth of USL as a whole uh, from a structural standpoint how has the league uh, evolved under your leadership and how do you expect it to evolve in the next four years or so
2: well we've if- Worked hard over the last few years, um, um, you know, going back to when I started in 2013 and before that, I've turned in a league that was relatively small in terms of number of clubs, uh, about 10 clubs um, in those days, to where we where we are now, 38 professional clubs and growing. And We have two divisions. Um, we have not just our professional levels, but we've uh, invested heavily in all levels of the game, and we are. Uh, a very unique organization in world football that oversees uh, professional uh, football, pre-professional and youth, uh, both on the men's and women's side, all in under one roof in one organization. That puts us in uh, well over 200 communities uh, across the US. So we have a, a enormous size and scale and footprint now. We've invested heavily over the last few years uh, at all levels of our clubs. Um, and We have built uh, a strong uh, development pathway now uh, from youth into the professional side. So you've got some very exciting players, young players now, as well as uh, senior international quality players at the USL. Clubs, we're building uh, stadiums, we're investing in our commercial and media infrastructure, uh, and so we're starting to mature as a league now. Over the last ten years, we are we are uh, changing, and where we are now is unrecognizable to where we were five years mm-hmm. ago. And I think four to five years from now we'll be equally unrecognizable as to where we are today.
1: That is uh, quite a few communities. You mentioned there are over 200 communities you're now uh, involved with. Were there specific areas of opportunity that you identified when you first took the position? Were there were there areas you felt like were underserved or could benefit from more USL involvement?
2: Yeah, look, it's a, a huge, a huge country. Uh, and, um, I've been very lucky and fortunate to, um, on behalf of the USL, uh, to go into so many communities and, um, you know, see firsthand the passion and love for the game. And it is, it, is, it is important that people have that first touch point with the sport that are able to see professional football in their community week in, week out. That's how we build uh, fandom. That's how we build um, a connection to the game that's long-lasting. That's how we build a sport that is really important in the lives of the next generation of of fans. And that's our mission. And we've got to do that in a very responsible way. Um, We've had great success taking the game now to uh, all parts uh, of the country and and not just to able for people to see the game in those communities, but to really help those communities um, express their pride and passion for the places they call home through uh, their local football club so it's um uh, and there's more to come there are more communities that want to have professional football uh, on you know uh, on their doorstep
1: what is your sort of like your personal vision for usl, USL as a whole is it multiple divisions with pro rel uh, is it like one sort of top tier league that competes with major league soccer how do you sort of see it uh, pie in the sky dreaming
2: No, we look, but we're not dreaming. We're, um, you know, we put a vision together, a vision that we're executing on, and, uh, and we're committed to make that a reality. Yes, we want multiple, uh, divisions. Yes, we want, um, uh, interconnectivity between our divisions. We are exploring mechanisms to do that, such as promotion relegation into league competitions. Um, but we want to build a, a, um, you know, an alternative uh, structure of football here. We want community-based organizations, community clubs that are so relevant um, that fans want to go and support. We want to build the infrastructure and the stadiums and the training complexes. We want to build facilities that are permanent homes for our clubs that are uh, also important um, uh, parts of their community. Uh, And so you'll see that as we uh, continue to evolve and mature uh, and build out the infrastructure and continue to raise the quality uh, of play uh, on the field in the USL over the years to come.
1: It does sound though, from from the interviews uh, I've read of yours and listened to, uh, that the there's an idea of competing with Major League Soccer and rather than maybe being as much collaborators as it seems like the leagues have been with some of the the reserve teams playing in USL, I know they wouldn't call them reserve teams, but um, it does seem like now there is a move towards being a, if not direct competitor, a, a soon to be direct competitor.
2: No, well, that's not how we view that. Um, we've we've had a great partnership over the years with the MLS. Um, they've they've, um, they've been they've been great great partners to work with uh, on on a whole host of of fronts. Um, and you know, I, I've been almost 10 years in this seat, uh, and most of that time we've we've worked collaboratively on that partnership. Um, and that uh, is going in different directions now, and that's just the evolution of it, and that's absolutely fine. And, and some of the MLS teams that work in the USL uh, will come out of the USL now, will go into MLS Next Pro, uh, and that is a more suitable. Um, Uh, environment uh, for for those those clubs. And then the USL uh, will continue uh, its trajectory of uh, of growth and building those um, those strong community clubs, both in the championship and uh, and League one. And we're creating a new uh, pathway Mm -hmm. for our players through the USL clubs, uh, through our youth development uh, uh, platforms. We're seeing a lot of those players come into the first team now in record numbers. We're seeing some of those players uh, afforded the opportunity to go to some of the biggest leagues and clubs uh, around the world uh, through the u s l so we we 're building an alternative uh, an alternate structure mm-hmm.
1: and it, you touched on it there, but what role has the u s l academy league played in the growth
2: of u uh, s l as a whole oh well, it's been it 's been critical and it was, it was a strategic imperative for us uh, at the, the right time that this is something we wanted to uh, invest heavily into, and we are seeing now the fruits of that go back five or six years where we started the USL Academy and our club started to invest into the, uh, the right infrastructure and the development of um, young players who at the time were, you know, 11, 12, 13, who are now, you know, 16, 17 year old players who are now coming into the first team signing professional contracts. We've had several hundred Academy players now come through uh, and sign professional contracts with USL. Uh, clubs and some of those players have now, um, as you've seen, gone to uh, gone to some of the top leagues mm-hmm. um, uh, around the world. And so what we're proving to young players now is that they, uh, often in their own communities, now they have a chance um, uh, to dream big, to become professional players, to play in the USL and potentially even uh, higher. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's played it has played a critical role uh, in terms of the mix of talents that you see on the field in USL uh, and certainly will continue to do so uh, moving forward. So some
1: of those players you mentioned or alluded to, Jonathan Gomez moving to Real Sociedad, uh, Jose Gallegos, uh, and Junior Flemings also getting moves. How many more scouts have you started to see at USL games from when you first took charge to the present? Because I'm assuming there weren't as many at first, speaking as a Richmond Kickers uh, supporter for most of my life. Uh, they I don't think they always got a ton of people in attendance scouting their games. It sounds like the league is starting to get more and more people uh, tuning in or keeping eyes on it.
2: Well, well, first of all, thank you for supporting the Richmond Kickers. That probably that club is older than you, I think, uh, and that, <laughs> that club has been you know, one of the longest continued operating pro teams in uh, in the country. It's fantastic, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know you, you reference a few of those players um, that have that have uh, moved overseas. Um, I think what we're seeing now is and um, what we're working towards. Uh, is raising the profile of the USL and its league, uh, leagues and clubs throughout the world. And we're able to do that in a number of different ways, no, not least because of our um, exposure um, domestically and internationally with our media partner that all of our games now are uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, telecast around the world and, and, and all, all the clubs around the world are so able to see the quality we have. Um, they're seeing the performance of our teams as well. Uh, not just week in, week out in the domestic leagues, but in top competitions like the Open Cup. Um, we're working to forge alliances with clubs and leagues around the world as well to and, and to raise the standing of the USL in the Ponca Cash region. Uh, and so um, rest assured teams are um, uh, well aware of the quality we have in the league, but it takes uh, players uh, um, like Kobe Henry or, Uh, Jonathan Gomez, Jose Gallegos and more. It takes players like that to break into a top league or or top clubs around the world and then actually get some minutes playing for those teams, which those players are starting to do now. And it proves to those clubs there is um, uh, quality in our leagues, that there are some real um, talented and, and, and exciting young players that have future potential and can play at that level. And so it takes time. We're starting to prove that. We've initially uh, we've additionally invested um, uh, the league into our new sporting department we're building out now that oversees a lot of the technical side uh, of the league and the youth development side as well. I have a sporting director now at the league office, uh, former, former Premier League sporting director, who's mm-hmm. uh, helping and working with all, all of our clubs to, um, to help with the structures in place and, and the processes in place to be able to develop players like that and then also to be able to engage with the rest of the world so that is something we have um, uh, seen a a tremendous increase in interest from some of the biggest clubs and leagues around the world in our players Uh, and i think you'll see a lot more of these uh, of these success stories moving forward
1: that was uh, mark cartwright correct your new sporting director yeah That's 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 right uh, our co-host Ryan Bailey is very excited about him because he has like the, uh, the old school football mentality and stories, but then also innovative approaches and exciting approaches on top. So it seems like you all are making the smart hires moving in that right direction. Um, for the relationship to European clubs, I was curious if you find that there are leagues or clubs, specific clubs that are more interested in that, re- like in the relationship with USL or have sort of embraced that more wholly see the opportunities in the United States more readily than maybe some of their counterparts?
2: But are not seeing at this point particular leagues at a certain level stand out. We're actually seeing uh, a, a broad mix, really. Um, you know, as like you said, we've got players going for the first division in France, uh, first division in Spain. We've got interest from Premier League clubs now and championship clubs, but certainly some of the top Premier League clubs and Bundesliga clubs um, in uh, one or two of the rising stars now uh, in the USL. So it's a bit of a mix, really. It's not a specific league um, or sort of level of club at the moment. We're seeing we're seeing quite a, a varied um, level of interest.
1: But is that I'm assuming that's very much secondary, the idea of selling players and getting those connections more so than developing uh, domestically and, and kind of getting more engaged in those communities we already talked about.
2: Yeah, look, that's a that's a success story, but there are so many. Uh, that that's that's the one or two or three, uh, you know, that, that 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 happen, you know, each year. Um, you will see more of our teams begin to develop players and, and start to sell uh, some players um, uh, more more regularly. But no, really, it, it is about um, continuing to to make our clubs more relevant in the local communities and to afford local players the opportunity to come into those academies and hopefully break into the, into the first team. And as I said, we've got a significant amount of Academy players now signing professionally um, uh, with their, with their USL club. And that's, that's, uh, that's core focus. And if on top of that, um, we have some um, exciting transfers um, and that's, you know, that's, that's great for the league, great for the club, but, that won't be the majority. The majority will be aiming to sign from the academy into the, into the first team.
1: And then make a deep run in the U.S. Open Cup, as the Sacramento Republic have done. Final question for you. What is your plan for the final? Are you going to be there in person? Are you are you going to be wearing a suit? Are you going Sacramento Republic kit? Uh, what What's sort of your approach uh, for president of the league?
2: <laughs> so I will absolutely be at the game and with and, and, and a number of the uh, league office staff are, are going to be going as well. It is a moment not to miss. It's a historic moment. So we're so proud um, uh, of everybody involved and certainly so proud of the players of Sacramento and, and everyone at the club. So we're going to be there. Everybody across the USL, uh, all the other clubs, I'm sure we're going to be putting their rivalry aside uh, um, and supporting, uh, supporting their fellow USL club. So we'll be there. I do not have a, Crimson coloured suit. I'm afraid, but I'll be in. I'll be wearing something, um, and uh, you never know. If they win, you might see me running on the field. <laughs> well, then I
1: will. I will stop taking up your time, so you can potentially go acquire that suit. Uh, but Jake Edwards, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're you're very busy today, uh, and best of luck to uh, your league as a whole tomorrow. Put it that way.
2: Oh, great! Thanks, Taylor. Um, thanks, for your support. Appreciate it. Of thanks course. for your time. This episode is
0: brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to
1: learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Well, luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover... Joining me now to talk a little U.S. Open Cup is Todd Donovan, the GM of the Sacramento Republic. His side takes on Orlando City in the U.S. Open Cup final on Wednesday night. That game is on ESPN+. Todd, thank you for taking the time to be here. Thank you, Taylor. Great to be here. So we are doing this interview Friday afternoon. Uh, Your coach, I believe, is about to do a press conference of his own, but you are not there in person. You're trusting him to handle all the media responsibility until you get down there
3: trust me mark sounds a lot better than i do so you're in good hands everyone's in good better hands with him no question about that but i uh, i'm assuming you
1: will be there in person uh because obviously it's going to be a, a pretty sizable event uh with you all taking on an mls team in the final how big of a deal do you think it would be for a usl side to win the cup
3: well yeah, i mean the the tournament we've had has been special i think You know we've had six games now uh, added on top of our schedule. This will be the seventh, and it's been a special run. There's no doubt about it. I think it's reignited the fan base here in Sacramento, uh, which never went away. By the way, Um, you know our our fan base is why we got on the map in the first place. And anyone who has, you know, was was part of the round of sixteen game against the earthquakes or against the semifinal, the semifinal game against the uh, you know Sporting Kansas City. It is a special environment, a special place, and our, our fans uh, have shown up and, you know, again, proven why Sacramento is such a great uh, sports market.
1: You all defeated Sporting KC, as you said, in that semifinal uh, in a shootout. What was that experience like for you? How anxiety-inducing was that? Because I'm assuming you've been through some
3: shootouts of your
1: own in your career.
3: Yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, it's tougher being in, in my position. I, I can't uh, <laughs> affect things on the field, and... That, uh, you know, that, that makes it difficult, but I, I was, uh, you know, I guess once the whistle blows, um, there's, there's really nothing I can do. So I'm probably gonna have to learn to just sit back and relax. I I haven't figured out how to do that quite yet, but our, uh, you know, I was down there on the field for that, uh, for the shootout and, you know, what Malik Foster did on that fourth kick, uh, was, (laughs) uh, you know, heart. I don't, I don't know if I my heart's come down uh, since then it was incredible um you know and then followed right up by Ditiello save and then Roros uh final penalty it was a bang 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 thing that uh was one of the coolest sports moments I've ever been a part of
1: uh, you yourself have won as a player, I believe a a literal handful of MLS Cups and the U.S. Open Cup in 2005 with the Galaxy. Have you been talking to any of the guys about that? Not from the like back in my day perspective, but more of the helping them sort of get ready for that that big game still to come.
3: For sure. I mean, we you know we've had six. It'll be six weeks from semifinal to final, and so. You know, while we've had, I think, nine league games during that stretch, mm-hmm. uh, you know, no question we've, you know, also been managing and dealing with the final and the emotions and you know the logistics and the excitement and all the things that come with a final. Um, there's a lot, lot to deal with. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of guys. You know, we we we've certainly had had guys that have been a part of finals, and so I'm certainly not alone in that. But at the same time, you know, trying to you know, just talk things through and give advice and, uh, you know, just support each other Is this is, uh, this is, this is the fun stuff.
1: Wait, in your playing career, in those types of matches, those big events, were you like, did the nerves take over? Did you have the adrenaline going? Would you get like shakes at all? Or were you pretty calm? Did you talk it out with people? What was sort of your, uh, pregame ritual?
3: Yeah, I always had, uh, adrenaline. Um, I had some funny pregame rituals as a player in general, but, Uh, you know, finals, you know, are different and there's a different feel in the stadium. There's a different feel in the locker room. You, I think once the, you know, once you start playing, um, you get into that zone and kind of block those things out, but it's, you know, it is a different, it's a different game. So I think, you know, being able to manage that and, um, deal with that is something that uh, you know, like you said, we've been a, as, as a player who was, was fortunate to be a part of, um, I think seven finals in my career and, um, you know, it's, these are special things, uh, and things that, you know, uh, you can't take for granted cause you don't know if you're going to have another opportunity. Yeah. Um, so, you know, pregame ritual, I think the, probably, you know, as a left back, I always, you know, made sure I touched the corner of the 18 yard box right before the whistle was blown. Um, in the, you know, <laughs> this is probably uh, too much information, but, you know, in the, in the bathrooms, they always have kind of two different size stall like urinals. And I would always, uh, use the, the, the smaller one. Um, that was just a, I don't know where that came from <laughs> or why, but it somehow became a superstition and a thing that I did every single game. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> always little things that every play, everybody does a little bit differently. And I mean,
1: whatever uh, works, you
2: know,
1: <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever works. You work. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you mentioned, you mentioned that gap, uh, that you've had what nine league games between the semifinal and this final, uh, like, I, I can't imagine what that's like to have a league going on to still be like uh, like vying for the playoffs, but at the same time having this massive game looming large. Have there been any special sort of precautions you all have had to take or things you've had to do to make sure that everybody stays focused on the task at hand before they get carried away by the U.S. Open Cup? Or has that not been too big of an issue?
3: No, that's a, that's an issue. I mean, managing the two competitions is probably the the biggest challenge for not just us, but for every team, you know, MLS, USL, you name it, you know, that, that process is, you know, probably a good predictor of success and how you can manage those two things. I give Mark Briggs, our, our coach, a ton of credit, you know, for how he's managed the team, the roster, uh, you know, utilizing our entire roster. He's, um, you know gotten minutes for everybody uh which we've you know really helped save legs so we don't you know burn guys out uh you know over overcompensate overuse um you know any particular players and he's he's been able to rotate the squad in a way that has made a huge difference not just you know in terms of health but also i think keeping the whole squad together and everybody's contributing everybody's been able to be a part of it and that has actually lifted us throughout this this time um because it's not an easy you know not easy as you said to to balance those two things you know we've uh we're, right now we're in the the fourth position in the in the in the west which you know gets you a home playoff game um we're going to try to push as high as we can but you know certainly um we're in, in good position there and then you know, in a final in the Cup. So huge credit to him, huge credit to the team for being able to do both, uh, which, you know, is incredibly difficult. And, you know, again, I think all credit goes to, to those that are doing it there. I
1: suspect your answer will be both to this question, but I'll ask anyway. If you had to choose, <laughs> would you rather win the USL Championship or would you rather win US Open Cup? Which one do you feel like would be a bigger feather in your cap or the club's cap?
3: Yeah, good, good, uh, premonition. Yeah, both would be great. I think that's, that's our goal. But we, uh, you know, first things first, it'll be the Open Cup. That, mm-hmm. That's coming up. And I think what we're, you know, what we've accomplished in the Open Cup, um, winning these six games has, has been tremendous, but we're not satisfied. We, we want to win a seventh and know that the job's not done until we do that. So all of our focus is going to be, uh, on that game and, we, we do know the the magnitude of it. We know the rarity of a, a lower division team doing this, not just in the you know US. I think that's been well documented with the Rhinos in '99. But um, you look at other countries in England and Spain. I don't think Spain's ever had a lower division team when it you know in their probably hundred year history. Um, you know, Italy was 1962. I think, uh, I just heard these stats the other day and it was pretty incredible to just see not just in the U S but around the world that this just doesn't happen. Um, and so that's fun. You know wh- why not go for that? Why not, why not make a run at it? The odds are going to be against us. Orlando is the hottest team in MLS right now. They're playing at their home stadium every advantage is for them. And, you know, for us as an underdog coming in there, uh, it's going to be great. Like we've we've got everything to play for and, and nothing to lose. So we're looking forward to it.
1: I want to talk about the final in particular, but first I want to talk a bit about how you all got there, starting with coach Briggs. Have the, to your mind, have the tactics changed from game to game or has the approach been pretty consistent throughout the knockout rounds?
3: Mark's such a good coach. I mean, he, nobody knows the game better than him. Uh, I learn from him every single day in terms of tactics and how he thinks about uh, the game and he can uh, identify things that, that others just can't. So it's a huge advantage for us and a big reason why we've gotten where we have, um, you know, so what he's done throughout the tournament uh, is, you know, he's, he's just worked hard and that's what he's done his whole life. And, what he's done since he's been in our club he 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 scouts he watches games he watches film uh, he analyzes and he puts together you know a game plan that our guys trust him as well i think that trust has been earned we had you know a almost virtually entirely new team this year um and so we've had to you know gel that quickly and you know again big credit to everyone for for making that happen in a in a short time frame and I think the guys trust Mark. So when he tells them, Hey, this is how we're going to win this game. And this is, you know, the, the game plan. Uh, he's earned a lot of credit on that. Uh, and they've, you know, they've gone out and executed. From what I've seen of the Republic, it's not a
1: team that maybe people would expect, oh, it's a lower lower league team, they're going to sit off, they're going to bunker, they're going to try to frustrate and hit on the break. Uh, you all are, are certainly capable of doing that, but for the games that I've seen, it's also been much more about uh, catching the opponent in situations they don't want to be caught. It's about making them uncomfortable and pressing them high. feels like uh, for Coach Briggs to get everybody on that same page, I'm going to assume it's a lot of uh, vocal instruction in training and also a lot of fitness.
3: Yeah, it's it's both for sure and Mark's got a voice that you can hear across the country uh which helps too especially in a sold-out stadium. Um you know so yeah, he he's very vocal. I think the team and the style we play is, you know, to try and make the opponent uncomfortable, to be difficult to be broken down um you know and to be, you know, to take opportunities when they come, you know, when it, as teams are stretched and um, you know, that, that's an opportunity for us to, to strike back. And I think when you're playing against, uh, the Earthquakes, against the Galaxy, against Phoenix, against, um, sporting Kansas City, trying to find those moments where, again, our, our defensive structure and, um, we've been a, a difficult team to break down this year. It's been hard for teams to get through us and past us and, uh, our goalkeepers and, Danny Vitiello, in particular, in this tournament has been, uh, you know, an absolute rock. So when you have that as your foundation, you're going to stay in a lot of games. And, you know, fortunately, we've also, you know, mir- mirrored that with some, you know, some output on the other end. And, uh, you know, that's a good recipe in knockout games.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone?
1: For people who haven't watched much of uh, Sacramento this season, who is the one player in the final you feel like people should be keeping an eye on, and why is it Kecko? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: like the leading question there. Uh, the Ke- I'll talk about Kecko. He's he came over with a you know incredibly decorated career. I think we were uh, really really excited uh, when he you know agreed to. To, to come to the club because he's he's played at the highest level. I mean, he's played against Messi and against Ronaldo and against, you know, he's played in La Liga for, for a long time. He's played in Serie A. Um, and not just that, but it's kind of the way he carries himself. He's not uh, standoff. He, he's the opposite of what you might expect from somebody that's played at that level. He's happy-go-lucky. He's, uh, you know, always joking. He's having fun with the guys. Uh, but in big moments, he's, you know, you, you see what the quality and you see that, uh, the pedigree that he has. So he's been a big boost to our team. And it, you know, just like any player coming over, it's, you know, it takes time to adapt, uh, to, to a new country, to a new, uh, kind of way of playing, um, you know, in America, it's a different game than in Spain, but he's adapted and, uh, we're starting to see more and more success come from him and, He's been a big reason why we why we're in the final
1: reading uh, about him in preparation for this chat. I kept waiting for the thing that linked him with either you or uh, with Coach Briggs or or somebody. I expected there to be some connection to USL or played in college or something. But there wasn't, as you said, it's Spain, it's Italy. (laughs) How, How did you all go about signing him? How did he first come on your radar? How did you bring him to the club?
3: you know, it was uh, through an agent and one of our uh, connections, I honestly don't remember if that was Mark or, or me. We, we kind of tag team the, the roster build and, um you know, but uh, through that connection, it might have even been Mark's to be honest. Uh, through, through that connection, we started exploring and said, you know, initially, we're skeptical that uh, A, he would want to come and B, that we'd be able to afford him. Um, and when <laughs> both of those after some you know, some good digging and exploring. We, we got on the phone and did, you know, some Zoom calls, uh, multiple with with Kecko because he wanted to understand more about the club and not just, you know, who we were, but what we were about and what our values were and if that aligned with what he was looking for. Um, he felt like he had a lot to prove and um, that's what you want to hear. You don't want him to say, hey, I just want to come to California and my family wants to, you know, live in the sun and have a nice life. You want to hear the hunger and the chip on your shoulder, you know, winning mentality. And he had those things. Um, and that was a core value for us. And so, you know, when you put all that together, um, you know, we, we got him, you know, when, when, uh, we didn't think we could. And, you know, it was a, a, ma- a match made because of he was looking for exactly what we were looking for and, and what we represent. So, um, it was a big gift for us. And, you know, I think having someone like him who's played in the types of games that he has uh you know to to be able to help lead our group on in those difficult moments next Wednesday that's a big that's a big advantage is
1: that pretty indicative of your overall approach to roster construction cuz looking at the players you have it's a it's a very international roster again for people who are expecting oh it's a USL side it's probably a bunch of Americans and like one or two guys from abroad it is very much the opposite of that i would say
3: <laughs> yeah we're only allowed seven international spots though so we've got we got a lot of guys on the green cards uh you know we, we we don't you know our first uh priority for roster building was who's been successful in our league i mean that was kind of the first thing we we looked at and um you know we're, we're able to dig deep and find guys that maybe don't jump out at you on the stat sheet but that it just had a history of success and make their teams better and our leaders and make others around them better. Um, you know you, we we try to use a combination of data analytics and also just old fashioned recruiting and references and uh, you know conversations. So those you know trying to put all that together it's a, it's a heck of a lot, especially when you're really turning over the the entirety of the roster virtually. Um, you know, but it was, it was time well spent because I think, you know, generally we, we, we got a lot more right than we got wrong.
1: And you got
3: a a homegrown kid in there, Matt Lagrassa from
1: uh, Sacramento, at least I'm assuming Oak Grove is in Sacramento. I can't say to know a ton about the, uh, the smaller, smaller areas of Sacramento, but is that a, uh, was that a sort of like fan favorite move to bring in a, a, a local, a local product to get him in the squad?
3: Yeah, Matt was a, another good get for us. I mean, he's a guy that actually did have a, a brief stint in Sacramento, but never got on the field. And it was interesting talking with him and sitting down with him um, because he's, you know, he had had, you know, uh, experience with Sacramento, but never got on the field and felt like he was slighted and felt like he had a chip on his shoulder to prove something still. Um, because what happened was is he got loaned out. I think it was to Tulsa at the time. Then eventually got signed the next year by Nashville, uh, who was then USL, and did well enough to to make the jump to their MLS team and play with them for their you know first couple seasons. Um, you know that's that's impressive. That's good pedigree, and that shows somebody who can dig in. And again, wasn't somebody who maybe jumped off the stat sheet, but somebody that has that kind of mentality, that chip on your shoulder, that. Hey, I'm I'm going to do what it takes to to advance and to move forward. And so, for being able to bring somebody like that back and in such an important position in the middle of the field uh, was big for us. And Matt's Matt's been really good. Uh, again, you know, he's not somebody that shies away from big games and big moments, and um, you know, he's he's been important to us this year.
1: So you obviously know um, all of your players pretty well. You know the tactics. You know how your your side wants to play. And you've seen them play plenty this season. And I feel like when you become very familiar with a club, this is me speaking as a person who's never been a GM, so forgive me for gm explaining to you. Uh, but I feel like you probably get a sense of, oh, okay, like things are going right. This is how it's supposed to be versus like, ooh, that guy is way out of position. That's not what we're looking for. Are there things in the first maybe like 15 to 20 minutes, aside from scoring a couple goals in the opening minutes, are there things that you look to with your team that will make you feel like, okay, we are in this game, we're doing what we need to do, what's the structure, what's the organization?
3: Yeah, I think, you know, again, that's more for Mark, but I I think we look to just see how the guys come out. And one thing that's been pleasing for us, you know, if you're talking about the, the, the games that we've had thus far in the tournament, our guys have started strong and, you know, have had... Uh, again, you know, a good, good foundation, um, you know, being difficult to break down and then, you know, trying to be dangerous on the other end that just lifts the team and realizes, Hey, we we got a game here. Um, and I think it, that that's important. And, you know, I think our team in those early, early moments, uh, you know, get, get, have gotten themselves into the game very quickly. And you mentioned uh, at the beginning of
1: the interview that the run and this season as a whole has sort of re- reignited the fan base. What are you seeing like in Sacramento in the lead up to the U.S. Open Cup? Are there going to be viewing events? Are people up for it? Are you seeing flags? What's sort of the energy on the ground?
3: Yeah, huge, huge amount of energy. I think it's been it's been cool. I mean, I think it's really captured the imagination. I I venture to say that most Sacramentans didn't know about the. U.S. Open Cup before this year, but I, oh, no. I think it's pretty safe to say that almost every one of them know about it now. I think they're familiar with uh, what it is and why it is so such a unique sporting competition that you just don't see in other sports. And uh, you know, and and there's a heck of a lot of pride uh, out there. You know, we do get stopped regularly of folks saying, "Hey, like, way to represent," you know, um, and that's cool because I think that there's a lot of pride here and it's such a great sports town, but there, there is going to be a a huge, uh, watch party. We're, we're throwing that downtown with our, our vice mayor, Angelique Ashby. Um, our entire staff will be in Orlando, but, um, we're going to make sure that this is a great event in Cesar Chavez park, uh, Cesar Chavez Plaza, you know, downtown. There's already been several thousand RSVPs for it. It's a free event. It's at five o'clock our time, the, the kickoff. So, um, you know, it's a great time. the The mayor is going to be writing a, a letter to get people out of work uh, early, which is which is pretty cool. Um, it just shows you the city buying that that's there. And then there's also, you know, watch parties, you know, in surrounding cities in Elk Grove and El Dorado Hills at the town center, um, you know, out, out there. So there's so many different things that are going on um, that'll be cool. And I think, you know, our our players uh, are going to be feeling that support all the way in Orlando.
1: And if things go well, you are in the immediate vicinity of Disney World. So you could do the old ke- cliche and take the whole team to Disney World the next day. But it seems like maybe there's a chance
3: they'd be too hungover for that. You know, we've got a big game on Saturday back here in Sacramento uh, against Loud, <laughs> So then. there's no rest for the we, we play we'll, you know, We play Orlando on Wednesday and then we get on a plane <laughs> Thursday and... Uh, fly all, you know, all day Thursday and, and we're, we're training on Friday, game, you know, league game on Saturday. So, um, you know, whatever happens on Wednesday, we don't, we don't have much time to dwell on it.
1: Yeah. It, with that in mind, I don't want to take up any more of your time since uh, you've got mo- <laughs> more than a little going on. Uh, I've been talking with Todd Donovan, GM of the Sacramento Republic. And if people see a random person run onto the pitch just before kickoff to touch the corner of the 18, then we know that you're just following <laughs> your traditions. Todd, thanks so much for taking the time today.
3: Of course. yeah, Thank you, Toby. Thanks for having me.